Okay, following on from the calendar interview, and I like smiling at this particular point. Um, this is obviously a, an extended piece of content that the BHI are actually going to produce on our own uh, to fill in the gaps that happened on calendar or didn't happen on calendar, as it were. So the guest I've got on today is Ian Martin, which is uh, BHI's MD. He's got over 20 years' experience supplying, sourcing, uh, or sourcing and supplying PPE and workwear uh, within many diverse fields, such as NHS, frontline medical staff, essential workers, everything all the way up to construction and warehousing. So welcome, Ian. Hi. <laughs> right, great. Um, let's, let's pick up. It, it basically, obviously, as you were on calendar um, a couple of days ago, uh, and you covered the idea or the concept of counterfeit PPE and potentially PPE not being fit for purpose. So what are your thoughts on the current situation, what's been and what potentially can come? Yeah, the, the, the points that, that uh, I got across and, and, and wanted people to be aware of is that, you know, it's, it's such a difficult situation right now. There's a lot of companies out there trying to help. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of companies out there that are trying to gain profits. So uh, my point was to try and help companies and organisations um, minimise the risk of dealing with the unscrupulous types of companies, um, which I think the point on calendar, I don't think really come across as to what points I was trying to make. Um, you know, for, for me was, you know, giving, giving basically three, three points or three, three bits of advice that I would, as BHI supplies, as our company, what we would do to try and, and we have done, to try and safeguard ourselves from buying from companies that either the product doesn't exist or it's a fake product um, or it doesn't meet the criteria that's, that's needed. Um, and the points for that was to, first thing was, uh, for me, was to look at company's house. Go to company's house and do a, do a company check on that company. And if they don't do uh, or supply PPE, as a day-to-day -day business, then for me that would be a flag. Yeah. Um, I would ask the second point, which did come out on calendar, was to actually go and put your eyeballs on it. And what I meant by that was, there's companies out there saying that they have the product and they want prepayment for the product, and the easy way around that is to ask the question, well, can I drive there now? Can I come and collect that product? Um, and what you'll find is the attitude changes. You know, I've experienced this several times in the last four weeks, six weeks. Um, you know, the product doesn't exist. You know, somebody's buying it from somebody who's buying it from somebody who's buying it from somebody, and each one wants to make a little bit of profit. So, but my thoughts are is the actual product doesn't exist. So it's kind of like a carousel. Yeah. Um, so ask to go and pick it up. Um, thing with BHI is that we have the product. If we say we've got it, we've got it. Mm -hmm. Come and collect it. Uh, you know, if an organisation or a nursing home or a, a you know a key, a key line worker would want some product, I will drive and open the, the warehouse 24 hours a day if need be. Um, you'll soon find out if other companies will do something similar. Um, the next one was to ask two simple questions around the same area. Is uh, ask for a supplier invoice for the products that they're trying to promote. Mm -hmm. 
say that they've obviously bought the product and ask for a sales invoice for them products that they've sold to another organization the same kind of size or um, order value as what you are potentially ordering and they can block out obviously all the figures but just to show that there is um, some history that they've sold or, or bought that product and that was the point is to make sure that people realize that that um, there are some some unscrupulous companies and people out there that are trying to make a quick quick few quid out of this situation um, and you know we all need to be a bit careful and that was the point I wanted to get kind of yeah. across. Right. Well, I mean, you've expanded on that quite well. I mean, one of the questions that they'd ask you is, out of those three, which one would you pick as being the most important? And you've you've got a good answer to that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. But again, it depends on the scenario. So the, the answer to that question was, go put your eyeballs on it, see that somebody's got it, and see the response. It's more the response from that person. So when you're dealing with them on the phone and and um, they're saying they have the product, and you say, well, okay, I'll come and drive a van now, I'll come and collect that product uh, tonight. And that person then starts to stutter. You soon realize that, hang on a minute, there's something not quite right here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you soon realize that that product either isn't available, doesn't exist, or they have to buy it from multiple other places first. Yeah. Uh, hence the reason why you're paying so so much money for that product. But then there's other scenarios too. So that's that's one scenario for um, if you needed some products urgently. Um, so for instance, if you were a care home that, that had run out of product. Um, so that's one scenario. Um, but then the other scenarios would be um, if you were, say for instance, the NHS, is look at a company's house see if that company does PP for um, a day job. Uh, you know, that's what they do for a living. If they don't, then ask questions. And that's when I could see that, that um, they should be asking for payment terms of we're not going to pay till after delivery and things like that. Yeah. But there are companies such as ourselves, um, and there's, there's in, in Sheffield, Rotherham, South Yorkshire, there's, there's lots and lots of companies that are, are good, well-established companies that they should be able to put the trust in to actually purchase the products and come with some kind of terms that can get the product manufactured um, abroad and get the production done and the production schedule and get contracts in place, but it needs payment terms in place mm -hmm. and some of it's prepayment. Um, so I guess that contradicts. It doesn't really contradict because it's. I would call it subtle or nuanced. It's not black or white. None of this is. I mean, it's redefined the, the way that the PP industry is either perceived or even known about. I mean, if you went back before January, nobody really would know what PP meant unless they've got some experience with it or they've used it themselves. Now it's, I mean, if you just look at social media, it's all over the place that people are trending on it, shortages of it. And, and, and like what you've alluded to there is kind of what people have been duped into. And I think we've got enough experience and enough case studies now uh, of what we've seen with some big organizations, some frontline workers, some health services that have effectively fallen into a trap, if you want to call it that, of, of buying because someone's told them or sold them on the concept. And actually, you've just pointed out that the fact is that the product might not necessarily be there. So they're almost selling futures that if, you get, if they get that money up front, 
then they, they can go and place the order with a factory in the Far East. And that's, for me, that, that, that strikes a fake it till you make it. And there are some famous individuals that have said, uh, get the order and then figure out how to do it. And right now, you've got lives at risk. You've got businesses at risk or about to be at risk for that one. That's a pretty dangerous uh, position to take, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And, and the thing is that the people that are telling the truth and doing this, like I said, the, the PPE companies that, that do this on a day-to-day basis should be the, the first point of call for uh, organisations to go to and, and ask advice. And, and you know, for me, I'd, I'd offer my services, my knowledge, uh, free of charge. And, you know, I, I have done to, to certain organisations um, just to help. You know, can I advise, can I look at, can I, um, you know, help to, to advise to get the product to the right kind of time at the right kind of money um, and try and ensure that the product is going to be the right product. Yeah. Uh, but um, but whether that's something that's been negated due to the prices that are being offered and the, the products that don't actually exist or they're actually not up to the expects well it is a speculation but i think one of the things that i like that you just said there is the fact that you would offer your services your expertise to not for bhi's benefit but to make sure that the businesses or 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 the people that need it now have actually got access to the right product now if it if it's proven to be the wrong product or counterfeit or not fit for purpose and you can say there's a question mark over that. That might save that person money, time, and potentially the risk that, that comes with that. There's another component to this, which I think is, is my, my opinion, is, is potentially coming down the pipe. We as a country uh, and also the world are seeing that there's PPE shortages and even the biggest companies like the NHS and these frontline workers that have bought the product and it's not been fit for purpose or wrong. And everybody's now gearing up to open up potentially from the 1st of June. Is it likely to be the same, you know, are, are people going to make the same mistakes or potentially the same mistakes? Because I can only see the demand for these products going up. I can't see them going down. And that's on top of typical PPE that they would wear for standard operating procedures and normal functions. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on, not necessarily predicting the future, but what, how do you see things going in the next few I, days? I, I genuinely see some, some, some pretty serious issues coming because what you're going to find is there's going to be a legitimate product uh, landing in the UK by sea. Yeah. So the prices based on sea freighting as opposed to air freighting is going to be enormous. Um, there's going to be a lot of product in the UK that has been bought at obscene amounts of money that is not worth that money, mm-hmm. um, which potentially is going to have to get dumped because people don't want to lose money. Yeah. Um, is that going to hit the market in some way, shape, or form? That's that's not going to be totally above board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you 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 you're going on a good part there because one of the things that how I see it, you're, you're right. You've, you've sort of you've you've described what it's like a it's like a dovetail situation or a zigzag type situation where the demand's going to go up but the supply or the normalized supply from legitimate sources is going to start hitting our shores or the market in, in the very near future. 
So people that have been buying FFP3 masks or FFP2 masks or surgical masks or gowns or gloves, that as, as the economy start opening up around the world, these products should theoretically come back into, into circulation. I can make a prediction now. I want to be wrong, and I think we're on the same boat on this. There are people that are going to be buying now uh, the, the P2 or the P3 masks, which are traditionally used for industry, whether that be engineering or manufacturing. And they're going to be sitting on someone's office floor or the warehouse floor, and they spent 10, 20, 30 pounds per mask for these things. And some bean counter who doesn't really understand what's gone on is going to say, whoa, 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 you need to use these P3 masks before we start ordering some new ones. Now, the new ones for me is, if you buy these masks for COVID, then they, they work. The minute you take those masks that aren't necessarily certified for the UK or the EU and use them for industry, and they attach over the ears, for example, you're inviting many, many, well, you're inviting a huge amount of risk and potential, obviously, risking the, the, the workforce as well as financial. So yeah, what does, go on. It's an, area, it's an area for me for uh, the P2 masks, um, for certain, you know, from, from, you know, February, March, I was offered P2 masks and P3 masks, ear-fitting masks. Um, we could go into whether the actual mask, the, the um, specification actually um, would pass the test with just the, uh, the actual mask itself. But for me, um, to get a face fit on a mask, to make sure that it fits somebody's face and it has the right tension, you get a seal around the face. Mm -hmm. um, what we've got to remember is this, you know, the P2 mask is a, a respiratory product. So it's a critical product. So you, you, you're putting that on somebody's face to protect them from something. And if they're putting something like that on the face and you're never going to get a seal, um, yeah. you're not going to do a face fit, it uh, kind of defeats the object. And with the prices that have been bounded about, um, for me, you would have been better wearing uh, a snood or pull your T-shirt off your face. Um, well, that's an interesting point because this, this, I think this is, this is a confusion. I'm going to do some more content on this to clarify it. A lot of people out there are buying these P2 masks and these P3 masks thinking it's going to stop them being infected by this virus. When in reality, the mask on its own, any mask on its own, without using other PPEs such as eye protection, cannot protect against this virus or any virus or any even bacterial infections that are transmitted through mucous membranes such as the eyeballs. So if people have been buying these masks thinking it's going to protect them, when in actuality it's the reverse, if you're wearing a mask, now that could be a snood, a tea towel or a t-shirt, which we've all seen these pictures of what they've been sort of suggesting to do. It's not to stop you getting it, it's to stop you breathing out, coughing and sneezing respiratory droplets that then are in airborne and someone else might pick it up on it. So yeah, for me, for me, I think the this whole this whole situation um, is a lot of people have started to be selfish. You know, how do I protect me? How do how do I protect me or, or my family, how do I protect? And what this should, and again, this is my opinion, but start to think that if you wear a mask, um, you're not wearing it to protect you, you're kind of wearing it to protect the next person. Yep. You know, alcohol in your hands, yes, it is protecting you, but the next thing you touch up, mm -hmm. you touch a sharp or... Um, Door you know, handle, kettle handle. Open things and, and the, you know, what they should be supplying for me is, is alcohol um, 
rope or, or, or uh, sanitizer mm -hmm. um, is to protect the people in the shop, so the staff. So the people that come in the shop, it's the, it, for me, it's, it's not just protecting them, it's protecting the people that are in the shop. Yes. And it's protecting the next person that walks in the shop. So for me, it's that people are, are concentrating too much on themselves and how do I protect me? And really it should be, how do I protect that next person? But do you think that's because they've not, that's not been explained to them in a simple, the way that you've just explained it, it's very simple. And hopefully that's what we can try and do, not just for, for BHI's customers, but for every single person that's out there that maybe pitch these type of masks. Do you think it's because people haven't been told enough or there's almost too much information out there that contradicts or, or makes things more complex? What's... Yes, it's, it's certainly not clear. Um, but, the, you know, the, these circumstances, the, the, there isn't a lot of clarity in, in no. things that, uh, that have been put out there by by media and um, the government and, you know, certainly people in, in that are selling this, this type of product that don't really know what they're selling. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, a, a clearer... A clearer understanding of, you know, what will help is certainly what. Clear message. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've been going now for about fifteen minutes, so let's save everybody's ears. Um, let's sort of wrap up with something. In, in your opinion, and it is only opinion, and they can change because you know things are changing that fast. Uh, how do you see the next probably two weeks up until sort of June the first and, and beyond that? You know what. How do you see it moving? What do you think that people need to be doing in order to make sure that they're not buying the wrong products or, or going down these impediment roads where they might get trapped into things? What, what's your final thoughts on it? The, the first thing I would say is that very shortly, there's going to be a, 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 an enormous amount of product, legitimate product, that will be docking by sea. Yeah. And what will happen then with the products that are questionable, um, or fake, um, there's going to be a lot of companies trying to dump that stock and trying to get some money back. And what that's going to do is that's going to reduce the price and it's going to, you know, perk people's ears to that, to that situation that I can buy, oh, I can buy the, this, this particular product far cheaper than what the other products are. And that's going to be, for me, is going to be a problem. There's going to be, you know, hundreds of thousands of masks, for instance, that's going to be in the UK at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, masks, it's going to be across the, the whole board of, of, of safety wear. Um, and companies are going to have to dump that stock to try and get some return on their, product, on, on their stock that they've got. And there's going to be people that are going to be turned towards, well, that cost price is... Is far far cheaper than their cost price. That's a, a, a legitimate product. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you know, you're talking about chalk and cheese. It's two totally different products. But um, this is potentially where every single PPE supplier. So again, it's not about BHI. This is information that the Arcos, the Bunzels, the, the, the big players, the little players, should be mindful of now, and thinking right. This is. This is going to come. It's going to, quote, flood the market. And I think you're right. There are people out there that are going to see the false economies. They're going to see, well, wait a minute. I can buy these P3 masks at 40 pence. Why are you trying to sell them at £1.20 or £2.20, whatever they are? And that's, that's where it becomes incumbent on BHI, 
and these are the companies these ppe companies to, to not educate in a in a, a offensive way but to go well okay we can help you we can guide you but if you want to buy that product then don't be surprised if there's a knock on the door from the health and safety executive to say why are you wearing that and and that we should also be looking at stopping people buying these products now because or not stopping them but at least helping them understand that <laughs> you might be okay to buy them for covid but if you start using those in the field shall we say big big no no again coming back to some points that i would make on that is that Companies, companies. So we're talking about industry here, and 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 retailers, and and uh, the general um, general public, if you like. Um, you know, they will have PP providers currently in place, and I'm not saying that all are going to be above board uh, as well. But but if you go to a, a, a PP provider that turns around to you and says that a product is a certain price. Um, that's far more than something else, then that's a question, and I would then start to delve into that as to as to why. But if a PP provider turns around to you and said, you know, I can't sell you that product because there isn't any, or the supply is so in such demand that all you're going to be offered is products that don't actually meet the standard, mm -hmm. just listen. Because that that is probably... Uh, you know, a genuine company, and, and we've done it, um, turned around and, and and said that, you know, I'd be very wary, I'll advise and, and say, you know, you know, have a look at it, send me send me the info if you want me to, to have a look at that. Um, but there's a reason why, you know, if, if PP providers that are spending hundreds of thousands and millions of pounds on products on a day-to-day -day basis outside of this situation, and they're struggling to get the product, there's got to be a question. You know, if the NHS can't get the products, there's got to be a problem. There's got to be a flag. There's got to be a flag. So just think. Just think. If it, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. That's a, that's a great way to end it. So, Ian, thank you very much. It's been fantastic. Good, bud.